From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. For our Bloomberg television and radio audience worldwide, more earnings, and this time Qualcomm, delivering a solid earnings forecast for the current period, helped by a recovering market for smartphone chips. But some analysts also noting high inventory levels in other business lines. Delighted to bring in Qualcomm CEO Cristiano Amon. And let's get right to the inventory narrative, Cristiano. So smartphone, you, you said the inventories have improved. The, the lingering concern is Internet of Things, which for our global audience is basically anything with a network connection, right? From industry manufacturing through to connected devices in the home. And you're saying that they're, they're still working through inventories there. But because that business line is so broad, what can you tell me about where the inventories linger specifically, geographically, heavy industry, retail? Very good. Ed, good talking to you. First of all, I don't understand where this inventory commentary is really coming from. We saw this, I think, uh, in the press yesterday. Maybe I'll use this opportunity to explain. Uh, the majority of our business, Hansets, we're working very hard to diversify the business. We're making good progress, but still the majority of business handsets. And handsets, we have seen that inventory had actually stabilized since last quarter. I think what we see in the results, especially with the uh, beat and raise uh, in EPS, is that handsets are getting back to normal. We're happy with the health of the Android ecosystem. Uh, premium tier, it's strong with HN3, and we still see that in the numbers. IoT, we talk about industrial inventory actually before every other company. Actually, we were some of the first ones to talk about it. Uh, it's still a smaller percent of our business. We'd like it to be bigger, but we had said that that is the lowest quarter, and we expect to see uh, growth in the coming quarters. So, yeah, I, I don't understand uh, this uh, comment on inventory. We're happy with the results, and we happy with a number of the analyst revisions that actually came out this morning on the stock. I'm just reading the, the transcript from the earnings call, right? And, and you said second half of the fiscal year, as we see the inventory kind of normalizing in the IoT context. A, a positive area was China. You promised that we would get an uptick in China sales. We did get that. Does it reflect customers in China having been through inventories? Or is this a commitment to forward ordering, signs that those end markets have demand? Yes, uh, this is a great question. And I want to start by saying we have two vectors that are very encouraging. One vector is the premium tier has proven to be resilient, even within the uh, macro uncertainty. And it shows that users, when they go buy their next phone, they want a better phone. The second thing is we're starting to see the first innings of Gen AI. Some of the use cases are starting to come in, and that has brought some excitement. Uh, some of our customers had record uh, pre-sales of their new devices with HN3. 
And what we see in China right now, I think there was a lot of concern in the past about Huawei coming back to the phone business. But what's exactly happening is Huawei is increasing the size of the TAM, uh, and our customers are holding share and seeing opportunities in the premium tier, and that's reflected in the quarter. We have a lot of orders of 8 Gen 3, especially for phones they launch or launching in the market. We're happy. We're just cautiously optimistic since we don't know how this second half of the year in phones in China is going to unfold. Cristiano, how do you navigate geopolitics when it comes to China, not just macroeconomy? We just do business. I think we focus on what we can control. I think we're happy that we have a strong relationship with China. Our technology is differentiated and is helping, I think, uh, both sides. One, it's, uh, it's business, it's export of semis for the U.S., for China. It has been growth for technology. We have not been impacted to date by any of the restrictions. And as we diversify the company going from handsets to automotive and industrial, I think we see our China business expanding as well. Let's go back to the bread and butter that is phones, though. And I think about Apple's earnings coming after the bell, everyone wanting to get some sort of steer on where the consumer is at right now. And ultimately, you've said, look, consumer, we're recovering in phones. But how excited are consumers to renew, do you think? And how much will this manage to carry you on into the rest of 2024? Look, we don't want to make a prediction. Uh, phone cycles is very difficult to make predictions. I've, there are a couple of things that we know uh, it will happen. Once every 10 years, you have a, a generation of wireless. We've just been to the 5G transition. But the early signs of Gen AI use cases are actually exciting. I think you saw Samsung launching S24 uh, with a number of uh, uh, Gen AI use cases running on the device. Same thing happened in China, just mentioned about that. So that could create an interesting opportunity for upgrade cycle in phones. It's just hard to predict the timing. Cristiano, you and I have talked about on-device processing of generative AI tools and running of large language models, on-device aeroplane mode. When does that business that, that you're involved in show up in the financials? Yeah, I, the, way, the way you should think about the financial impact, especially if you think about phones, is really uh, a premium uh, tier becoming a larger percentage of the market, and we're kind of starting to see that. And then the other one is more silicon content. I think our ASPs uh, increase on the chipset and that has a positive contribution for the business. And and uh, I, the dynamic that we see with the success of HN3 is just the first signs of the opportunity. But just to be cautious that we still need to see a lot of use cases develop. Lots of partnerships and deals kind of talked about on the call. And we think about names like Apple and Samsung and the, the handset makers in China. Look at the history of Qualcomm. Can you kind of guarantee investors that you can continue forward on the deals and avoid the le legal entanglements you've had in prior years? All right, so you, you mentioned partnerships. I think we have two very important conversations, and I want to make a distinction. I think the first one is our licensing business. And we have been saying that the licensing business, which has been the reason we have been in a number of disputes in the past, is very stable. It's one of the most stable times that we had since the beginning of the licensing business. And in the quarter, we announced uh, three very important milestones. One is we 
saw an extension of the Apple license agreement. That means that Apple is paying license for the Qualcomm standard essential patents, and that's regardless of using or not using a Qualcomm chip. We also saw two Chinese uh, significant customers renewing the license agreement, which speaks to the value of the Qualcomm intellectual property portfolio, even in China, in the middle of the geopolitics. That's a very positive side to investors. Now, the second part of a question is about partnerships. What's exciting about Qualcomm, and I know we spend a lot of time talking about uh, handsets, but Auto, there is a lot of reports on the peers of a decline in auto. If you look at this quarter, we actually had record auto revenues with 31% growth year over year when the whole market is down. And that speaks right. to the number of ships we've been making in auto uh, for the future of the automotive industry. And that's an important metric where the future of Qualcomm is going to be. Still about that diversification. Qualcomm CEO, Cristiano Amon, great to have some time with you. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.